0: Hi, good evening, welcome back to Ulcerative Colitis Motherhood and Me. I'm Ulcerative Colitis Mama, and tonight I want to talk about Obsessive Compulsive Disorder OCD. Now, I'm going to put a trigger warning in here quite early um, because I, I know many people who have OCD, like myself. Um, some people are very um, uncomfortable talking about it, and it's quite an emotive, quite a, uh, almost a frightening subject to talk about, so I'm going to stick a trigger warning in here because I'm going to be talking about um, some symptoms of OCD that some people may not be familiar with, such as intrusive thinking and ritualistic behaviours. So, yeah, just a heads up there for the trigger warning. Um, okay, so not many people know this um, about me, um, those who know me personally, but um, I. I've always had a bit of OCD. Now, we we sort of laugh and joke about like, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so is a bit OCD about certain things because they're so clean and they do this and they do that. Now, it's quite a common misconception um, and it's all, it can be a very, very small part of obsessive compulsive disorder. Now, the key word in here is disorder. It's uh, a condition that affects the physical and mental and emotional well-being of that person suffering from it. So OCD is not just generally somebody who's very clean or has a very tidy house, although some people who do have OCD may have tidy houses and clean excessively. Now that that's, that's just like one area of OCD. Um, I've had... OCD sort of, I think, officially um, since little G was born, um, although I've always had little compulsions and um, sort of obsessions uh, from quite an early age, um, these sort of came more uh, prevalent, uh, shall we say, when I had little G and um, sort of like the overwhelming sense of responsibility that came with being a new parent. Now my um, my OCD, if you like, my um, how mine manifests is quite um, difficult to spot really, um, because I internalise a lot of my symptoms. So I um, I count, my minus is counting, and it's uh it's quite a difficult one to talk about really, because it it's uh, you know it kind of makes it real uh, more real when you talk about um, certain disorders and things. and I think you know it's I've always kind of played it down as just a little quirk I have Now I, 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 and I sometimes sort of laugh about it when I talk about it to, to people, especially people I trust as well, you know, and I try and laugh about it because. Some of the things I do uh, to... to uh, you know, I don't like to use the term normal person because uh, any of us normal, really. Um, it, it's something... I, I, I tend to count and do things, and I, like I said, I, I laugh and joke about it, but um, there the are compulsions and obsessions that I can't stop doing. Um, and I notice that when I'm stressed... Um, or feeling more anxious that my behaviours do become more uh, more noticeable and I, I do things more often, shall we say. So um, I remember talking in great length to my mental health nurse at the time because I, I like most people, didn't really fully understand obsessive compulsive disorder and I, I put my hands up and openly admit, you know, I always felt that it was people that had to touch things a certain amount of times or uh, had obsessions with light switches on and off, doors locking and unlocking doors. Um, There was a boy at school, um, in my year at school, and he was off school for quite a while actually um, with obsessive compulsive disorder. And of course, when you're sort of 13, 14 years old, that's kind of the... The impression you get is again reverting back to the excessive cleaning and and I believe his compulsions um, were involving doors and light switches and the poor guy must, it must have been so debilitating for him um, you know and I, my heart goes out to him really because he, he had it such a you know in his teens as well so he had a lot going on. I understand his dad was was chronically ill as well. So, you know, it it, it you as an adult you kind of um, see it through different eyes. Um, and being a nurse as well, and a, a, a mental health first aider, I see things a lot more grey than I than I did uh, when I was younger. So. Anyway, um, I'm digressing a little bit now. so um, yeah, so my compulsions, I remember talking to my mental health nurse about them, and they did obviously get a lot worse when little G was was a baby and it'll be I had to either I'm just trying to explain how how mine affect me. So um, I count a lot now I count um, to a certain number. sometimes it's the same number, sometimes it's different numbers. Um, and it can be anything it can be uh, the amount of times I stir my cup of tea say um, the amount of times I prick uh, potato before I, I put it in the microwave or the oven um, you know and I'm, I'm sort of like as I'm saying out loud it sounds absolutely ridiculous I know but you know just bear with me here especially if you you're not quite sure about OCD and you don't quite understand it so um, another thing I, I do um, I try and do so many, uh, so many amount of tasks or um, things before something stops. So, if, say for example, I've boiled the kettle. Um, while it's boiling, I'll try and do a certain amount of things before it it clicks off, or um, I'll do a certain amount of things before the microwave pings, and it'll be. Um, and it really infuriates me that I do it, that I don't challenge it, um, but it's it's so difficult because you know what you're doing is irrational, but you still do it. Um, and that was the one thing I got across to my mental health nurse, um, and I did talk about it briefly in my latest uh, blog post, um, which is on my WordPress if you want to check it out. Um, so. Basically, um, my compulsions come from the obsession, the, the obsessions that I I have. So the, the intrusive thoughts now, intrusive thoughts are horrific. Um, and mine, again, since I got pregnant, since I had little g mine have kind of increased about a hundredfold. Um, so the reason I do these certain tasks that i do these certain compulsions certain behaviors is because if i don't something bad is going to happen and it'll be something like i'm even like struggling to say it because i think if i say it it'll happen and and i know rationally speaking it won't but i still can't say things just in case so I, what I do is I try and skip around the subject so um and you know uh, and I'm sure if any of you out there do have obsessive compulsive disorder I'm, I'm hoping that that you can relate to this, so something bad will happen to a member of my family or a loved one if I don't follow through with a compulsion so um, but as a nurse as a healthcare professional as somebody um who whose job is to be quite logical um I know that there is no scientific link between the a number of times I prick my potato before I put it in the microwave I so I'm laughing it's not funny but I've got to laugh it off um because it's I really struggle to deal with it to be honest um because if, you know, there is no scientific link with the amount of times I prick a potato to something catastrophic happening to somebody I love, but I still go through with the compulsion. Um, and I remember, it was almost like a, a, a wave of a relief, really, when my mental health nurse said, but you still do it anyway, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, and she actually, for the first time, she she made me feel normal about it. That she made me sound like I wasn't crazy. Um, and I mean, that was one of the most amazing things that um, my mental health nurse did was reassure me that the feelings I feel that I am not crazy, I'm not certifiable, which I know that sounds quite derogatory and I don't mean it to sound that way. Um, because I think when you're in a turmoil, uh, when you're depressed, when you're showing all these new behaviours or amplified behaviours of what you've had all your life or certain behaviours, things like that, you you know you're not normal or you're not deemed as what society thinks is normal and you go I've gone through most of my life feeling that I don't fit in anywhere that I'm a bit of a square peg in a round hole kind of girl you know I'm a bit of a I, I've always struggled to, to fit in I've got a bit of a weird sense of humour I you know I, I don't you know and I, I think it was only when I went to sort of further education college when I was 16, that being not normal was okay. It was a bit more acceptable to be different. Um, But I never, ever revealed that I had these compulsions. And I've probably, in all honesty, had these compulsions since I was probably about 11 or 12. And I think I kind of have an idea where they've come from Um, and again, trigger warning here, I'm going to talk about um, sort of past um, issues from my childhood, which involve my family members Now, um, I was about I think from the age of about nine to probably my Teens, um, I was—I don't think "religious" is right, the right word, but I had faith. Um, I, I, uh, I sort of um, identified with the Christian faith, um, and for those like sort of formative years, I kind of had this obsession where I, I didn't want to go to hell, which, you know, which is quite understandable, really. None of us want to go there, do we? Whether, whatever we believe, whatever faith we have or uh, spiritualist belief. Um, and um, I I have an older cousin. Um, she's about two years older than me and um, for most of my childhood, um, although we didn't see each other that often, it would be sort of school holidays and um, birthdays, Christmas, things like that. Really, um, she she did bully me. Now, I it's quite hard for me to sort of say that because I know as an adult she's actually turned out to be a, quite a decent human being, um, quite responsible, married with kids, you know. Um, got a good job and she, she's actually quite nice to talk to now but for some reason and I don't know if it was like a bit of a um, I know she's my cousin but like almost like a bit of a si- sibling rivalry Um, she pretty much tormented me um, which didn't help because I already had a big brother that would do that for me anyway so she um, she thought it'd be fun um to say, tell me that um, if I didn't do certain things um, the devils would get me now saying that to like a 9, 10 year old girl um, who wanted to be a grow up to be a good person and do good things and look after people and, and be a good person um, because I wanted to go to heaven and I wanted to be live a good life um, that terrified me, um, to the point um, that I was staying over at her house um, when we were growing up. Her, her parents had quite a big house by the sea, and me my mum and my brother went to stay with her, um, with um, my auntie my uncle and her, her younger brother. Um, and. This kind of went on for the few days that we were there, uh, unbeknownst to my mum, bless her. Um, she had no idea any of this went on. Um, because, again, my cousin said, you can't tell your mum because if you do, the devils will get her. Now, kids are pretty cruel, um, you know, and I, you do expect a little bit of, you know, roughhousing and a bit of, like, mickey-taking and teasing and stuff as kids. Uh, but this was pretty extreme and it was quite dark to be honest and we, uh, we th- this went on for days um, to the point where I remember being in the middle of the night, I was, I was sharing a room I was sleeping in her bedroom um, and I actually asked to go and sleep in the spare bed with my mum because I, I was scared something was going to happen to my mum um, sorry, that—that that's quite a painful memory to talk about um, oh, Sorry um, So, yeah um, That was quite disturbing And I, that did come up in my trauma counselling um, A couple of years ago now Before I, <coughs> excuse me before I was discharged from the mental health team, um, I had to kind of relive that again. It's a little less painful now. It's not the first time I've talked about it, but it's still quite um, hurtful. I think it's the right word to use. So I believe that my OCD started there because this obsession with not being hunted down by evil um, has followed me through my my life, Um, and this is where I get so passionate about being kind, whether it's your neighbour, some person on the street that you've bumped into, whether anything being kind really matters because I'm living with OCD probably for the rest of my life I can control some of it and when I'm good, when I'm up there when I'm I'm healthy it doesn't affect me so much but when I'm down when I'm ill or when I'm anxious it bites me on the ass and not many, and the, the horrible thing is as well, because it's so internalised, because I've learned to hide a lot of things again, because I don't want it, I don't in in an analogy point of view I don't, the devil's getting my mum you know, it. it's almost that, that memory coming back to haunt me again and again and um the OCD, I feel, is always gonna be there for me. I can't speak for other people, and I can't speak for people that haven't been down. I can't speak for anybody. I can only share my experience. But the last couple of years, I've managed it quite well. Um, I still have my compulsions, but i have I had learned when I was discharged from the mental health team I learned to kind of challenge my compulsions because I was in a state of emotional health that had been my highest for for years so I started getting cocky with it not cocky um, I started getting confident to challenge my compulsions because I could prove to myself that bad things wouldn't happen Unfortunately um, from the very beginning of this year I ended up with a flare-up of my colitis. So although it was a lot milder than my original diagnostic flare, um, some there is some link I feel with my physical ill health to my OCD because I've noticed that my compulsions have started to build. Um, I've spoke about it in my latest blog post, which I also included a trigger warning there as well, um, because I I know people that have OCD, and I know how debilitating it is for those people, and they're good friends of mine, and I appreciate there are other people out there that that find that it that it has completely overtaken their lives and I can understand that from living with it myself um, and I've noticed um, like I said I've, I've brought this up in my latest blog where although my physical health seems to be, touch wood seems to be improving my emotional health is starting to slip a little bit not to the point of emotional collapse like i felt in november but to the point where my intrusive thoughts so my obsessions are keeping me awake at night and unfortunately i was blessed with a very vivid imagination um which is very useful when it comes to creative writing and arty stuff, but it's not so good when you have OCD, believe me. Um, I, um, I talk about this again in my, my blog post that I posted on the weekend, um, that me, Big G, and Little G had gone for a walk uh, last week, um, so, you know, about nine days ago now. And although it'd be nice weather where we live, We went sort of about I don't know about 30, 40 miles west from where we live, and it obviously rained uh, the entire weekend in that particular place. And um, we, you know, had a bit made the best day of it even though it was raining. But um, we decided to kind of go off the beaten track really on our walk, and we were walking beside a particularly swollen river. Um, Now, water makes me edgy anyway. I like water, you know, so it cleanses you and cleans you. And I like swimming pools, I like hot tubs, you know, I like swimming. And I'm not the strongest swimmer in the world, but I I like going to the swim baths and various things like that. I like the seaside. I don't like wild water, if that makes sense. i don't like deep water either, and this river um, was very much like um like white water, so it was a lot of rapids and rocks and um very loud and um, I'm quite sensitive to loud sounds anyway um, and immediately I felt panicky because then my my rather unhelpful intrusive thoughts started and all i kept thinking is what happens if one of us falls in and that was it then i just shut down um i think again i internalized it well because i didn't want to appear like i was being hysterical um especially to big g because big g is like the most rational person i've ever met um you know, I think it's because he's an engineer, I don't know. Um, and I do get often told that I'm overreacting. I don't know if anybody out there has experienced that as well. Oh, you're just overreacting, you're being too sensitive, you're being too emotional. Story of my life. Anyway. Um, I felt a little bit easier as the, the walk took us further away from the river. Um, but at one point um, we were walking too close to the river for my liking um, and I, my heart rate shot up I could feel it like in my throat i was shaking um, and I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go home I was like I, I can't I can't do this this is just freaking me out um, my intrusive thoughts I mean I'm shaking just talking about it now to be honest Um, and once we got back to the the car and whatever, I was fine I was absolutely fine, I managed to calm it down because I was away from the perceived danger and uh, then later that night as I was settling down to sleep I ended up sitting bolt upright in my bed because I'd had these really horrific images um, of this river again And it almost developed into an anxiety attack. Um, But I managed to sort of do my deep breathing, breathing techniques that I'd been shown from my mental health nurse and from apps that I I still use. And I managed to kind of pull myself back from it. Um, But still, I'm still struggling with intrusive thoughts and this has been going on since that day and they'll be over anything anything at all and it'll be like it's almost like my brain's saying oh how can I torture you today what horrible things can I conjure up in your brain and it, it's awful it's absolutely awful it is like your brain is trying to torture you um, so that is my my experience of OCD now um, I, since I kind of although I, you know, I wasn't stamped with a label um, my mental health nurse pretty much said you're well into that ballpark, you're definitely there um, but like I've mentioned before in um, my blog posts and I've probably touched on them again in my previous podcast episodes I fell into a lot of ballparks I, wasn't, I didn't suffer from one certain disorder Um, when I was involved with the mental health team there were sort of branches of different disorders that I kind of um, fell into or kind of I was a part of and I think it was a kind of a surprise for me that OCD was one of them Um, because I didn't know what intrusive thoughts were I didn't know that that was a link Um, so In a way it's helped because it's helped me sort of look at different ways of getting support for it and um, it was another sort of area that I wanted to reach out to people um, through blogging and Instagram and Facebook um, through Ulcerative colitis Motherhood and me. Because OCD is tiring and it's scary and it's, it's really hard to challenge um, especially, like I said, if you're not feeling 100% physically or emotionally it's quite a slippery slope so I'm aware of it and I'm noticing it and I'm not quite in the challenging it stage but I'm aware that I'm not 100% right now Even though I don't feel particularly stressed, depressed, anxious, emotionally, uh, mentally, I feel okay at the moment, Um, but I think the, the river incident has triggered some intrusive thinking patterns which I need to work on, and I'm I'm aware of that. So I'll probably start doing more guided meditations and things, I find that that helps. And um, there's some really good apps out there, guys, if you, if you want to, to look at, uh, especially those who have really nice, soft, dulcet voices that you want to listen to, and um, probably that don't sound anything like my voice, I must say, um, especially because I sound a bit croaky, because it's almost hay fever season as well. Um, you know, so they're, they're nice um, guided meditations that um, they play nice, sort of soft music in the background and they get you to that place of calm. And that's a very nice place to be, um, even if it is for a few minutes. And it just gives my body a rest, gives my brain a rest. My brain is constantly running at about 60 mile an hour because um, I'm an overthinker as well. Surprise, surprise. Um, so yeah so that's my sort of my experience of obsessive compulsive disorder now i wanted to include some sort of factual stuff um with this podcast because i'm aware that i do talk about myself a lot um which (laughs) you know and i am trying to use my experiences to um to open up and get try and you know rid this stigma of mental disorders and mental illness and um, mental ill health, I want people to be able to speak freely. And I've always been quite open about my mental health. Um, and sort of nine times out of ten, it's received quite positively. There is still elements, and some people that are still quite um, not so uh, receptive of, shall we say, and these include people I work with. Not all of them, I say. Like I said, vast majority uh, are absolutely fine, and um, there is just a very small minority that do think I am. I should be locked up in a straitjacket, which is a bit harsh. But there you go. Um, I'm working on it. I'm using it as a positive experience. Um, so I've read up a lot on this. Uh, a fantastic website uh, called OCDUK.org, and they break things down into nice easy you know easy read kind of uh information about ocd and it's quite good for people that either know somebody that has it or somebody who's been recently diagnosed or somebody that has an awareness that they have obsessions or compulsions and they just want some sort of support there really um so check them out um So, the information I sort of got from them that, you know, because I'm still learning uh, about it. Um, And I think a lot of it I've avoided um, because I think... Because I've been in such a good place emotionally the last few months um, and overall in the last couple of years that I didn't want to start, start, like, wakening any demons, really. Oh, and we're back to devils again. There we go. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, um... So I think, and sometimes I do avoid certain things because I don't want them triggering my own behaviours and my own um, vulnerabilities. But I think since the the river incident, again, I wanted to just read up because I like to know things as well. I'm a bit, I'm not one for um, search engine searches and, Symptom checkers and stuff like that. I just wanted to to, to see what kind of support was out there, um, and like sort of how many people and things have the condition as well, because it's a lot more common than we think, um, as are most things. So, according to OCD UK, um, it affects about one point two of the population. So, if you think about it, that, it's quite a lot of people. Um, and that's the people that are diagnosed or um, have um, expressed their, their symptoms. So, there's probably a heck of a lot more people out there that have OCD that aren't aware of it. They just think, oh, it's just my personality, it's just a trait I have. Um, so, I talk about the obsessions. Now, the obsessions are, um, you know, again, I'm taking my information from OCD UK. I've always called them my intrusive thoughts, which is basically the same thing. Um, so it's the um, the things we do to prevent, it, the, you know, the why we do it. And a lot of it is to keep us safe or keep our loved ones safe. So we do certain things to, to do that. Um, so the obsessions will be your intrusive thoughts, those horrible thoughts you have, those um, um, drives to those perceptions um, you have are uh, the obsessions um, because you think about them a lot and they impact your daily life. Um, so. A lot of people are aware of rituals or ritualistic behaviors as I tend to call them a lot in my vlogs and things because that's what my mental health nurse called them so some people display it with excessive hand washing some people um, do unlocking and locking doors checking things light switches checking them tapping things and touching things so there are many different ways And I suppose, like I said like The cleansing, the cleaning The, the checking of things Is quite a, quite a common um, Sort of symptom um, But like I said Mine are quite internalised Where mine are counting So nobody knows I'm counting Because I'm doing it in my head And I'll do things I, I don't think people notice I do it um and sometimes like when i was particularly bad if i didn't get to the right number i'd either start again or i would do a different number that would be more significant or more you know the um for example i avoided the number 8 for a long time and again I kind of want to laugh about it because I feel quite uneasy and a bit embarrassed about it. But the reason why I avoid the number eight is because my Nana died on the 8th of May in 2011. So the number eight I always classed as a bad number, which um, I'm aware of why I didn't like the number eight for a long time because um, I associated it with the day I lost my Nana, so everything was like that in the more formative years of my OCD, when it began to take wings and to um, invade my life I avoided the number six, because again the this obsession with having anything to do with devils or hell or anything associated with with evil i didn't like the number six because of you know the number of the beast sort of thing you know um so i avoided that for a long time and i'm okay with it now because something good came out of it because my son was born in june the sixth month so I'm quite I've learned to embrace that number a little bit more because it means something good to me now and I'm I've tried my hardest to put a lid or lock away those horrible torments from my cousin um, so you know the, the, I'm Looking at strategies and techniques to try and move away from it. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, Again, I have witted on for almost three quarters of an hour again, but these are things um, that need to be talked about more. I think the perception of OCD needs to be changed. I think it needs to be. spoken about more accurately uh, and more openly because I think if that was the case I think more people would be happy to say that they had it Um, and it would be less lonely as well I think it's quite like I said I you know when I sort of laugh nervously about admitting what my compulsions are because I know they probably sound ridiculous to some people but they're not ridiculous to me because they're, they're such a big part of my life and a big, they've been such a big issue, um, although I am challenging them or I will be once I feel strong enough to do that. And I know a lot of the people that are affected by OCD and it's, like I said, it is debilitating because it, it's, it's a very private thing as well. A lot of people still feel a lot of shame for it and they shouldn't because it's it's nothing to be ashamed of it's a disorder like everything else and it can be managed um so just bringing it to a close then um there there is no sort of reason why people develop ocd i have a very good idea how mine was developed as i've discussed earlier on um but according, again, got my um, sort of facts from OCD UK, um, that people, although not, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of category. People develop OCD for different reasons, and they kind of um, link it with that overwhelming sense of responsibility. So they feel, uh, people with OCD feel responsible for what happens if they don't follow through with the compulsions. Like I said, that my compulsions, I carry them out because I'm scared something will happen to a loved one if I don't. Um, And another link can be overestimating the threat that's posed on you. So, so some people that perhaps um, struggle with um, excessive hand washing or washing a lot um, or cleaning a lot because there is probably an element there. They're frightened to get ill from bacteria or germs or viruses. And of course, now we're in the middle of a pandemic. That's probably more prevalent for a lot of people with OCD out there right now. And it's quite it must be incredibly frightening so that can also be a trigger as well Um, and like I said when we you know and I say like you know and I'm not being derogatory when I try and laugh off my compulsions because I know they're not funny really, they're quite horrible and they're annoying and they're I'm frightened of the consequences of not carrying out my compulsions, even though my rational brain is telling me there is no link. Um, but we still do things just in case, and that's kind of like the the sort of the key word in all this is just in case. We're still following through our compulsions just in case something bad happens as a result of us not following through with our compulsions. So. You know, if you know anybody that you think, oh, they're a little bit OCD, chances are that what you think, what you may perceive as a little bit OCD, is isn't. Um, it might just be that they like things a certain way, which is not necessarily strictly OCD territory. Like I said, it's a disorder, it's a mental health condition, and it's stemmed from high anxiety, um, and it's fueled by anxiety. So chances are those people you know have um, some level of anxiety as well on top of that and they're doing it for a reason and like i said mine stems from almost sort of you know 25 years of being picked on by my cousin and it's affected me now at nearly 34 years old and although in a way i've kind of I like to think I've forgiven her, um, because you know I'm a grown-up and it's the right thing to do. And you know that's almost dripping with sarcasm as I'm saying it, but there's a, i will never forget that. And I will, and and that's something that I've taken forward into my adulthood, is that I vow that I would never ever do that to another human being. And this, again. I can't speak more clearly about being kind because what my cousin thought was a bit of fun um, and a bit of teasing has actually caused a massive butterfly effect throughout my life to the point where I can only do... I can only do things a certain way because of it. Um, And... It's probably pushed me into the category of overcompensating, um, of being a good person that I've become so selfless, and I don't mean it as a martyr or as a, um, you know, an embittered person, but, you know, because I'm quite happy uh, to be a nice person. I get a lot of satisfaction from being kind and helping other people especially in the kind of work I do because I've got to be a nice person to be a nurse and you know and I love my job and I love looking after people and I love making people happy but there's a there has been a cost to that and it has been my mental well-being because I've given so much of myself to other people over the years that I've left very little self-compassion for me um, to the point where I've had to teach myself to be able to like myself and to love myself and respect myself and that has taken me years um, to do that and I still struggle with it so like I said be kind it's not difficult be nice to people say hello, smile to people. I know it's a bit difficult to smile to people when you're wearing a face mask, but, you know, just wrinkle your face up a bit so you're smiling at them. You know, it's just, it's just so easy to be nice. And it's nice to be nice. And I feel good about it. Um, Because you don't know who, you know, you do one unkind thing to somebody and look what happens, you know it can affect somebody for the rest of their life. So, just be kind and if anybody um, does struggle with OCD or if you think you um, may be suffering from OCD or somebody you love, um, please sort of advise them to get some support. Um, I will sort of name drop OCDUK.org and you know depending on which country you're from I'm sure there are other similar sort of websites that can support Mind are very good at supporting with OCD too and um, so that's mind.org.uk um, possibly um, but you can just search for them and they'll pop up so it is a, a recognized disorder and in, cer- in certain cases it does need somebody with it needs support so i'm being support supported for them as well and on that note i'm just going to say lots of love and thank you once again for listening uh, listen to me rabbit on again for ages and big support to anybody that's listened to the other episodes i've posted on my podcast and thank you so much for my followers I really appreciate it and hopefully we can end stigma against mental health. Thank you. Good night.